I usually have a slew of batteries in the back there, uh, just in case something like this happens. But we, uh, we're talking about the analogy of joy. Um, I thought it'd be wise that we go through this, because a lot of times folks, folks think that joy comes when you do a lot of things. <laughs> no, joy doesn't work from the outside in. It works from the inside out. Let's bow in prayer. Father, how we look to you. Thank you for our time this morning. And as we look at your word, thank you for our time together. And Lord, there we're going up some scriptures that we're very familiar with. And we pray that you will be glorified because your word always has its impact. And the exact person you want to talk to or individuals you want to talk to. Uh, thank you for yesterday, how you brought us out of it. Thank you for today, how you're going to take us through it. And thank you for tomorrow, for we already have it mapped out. Oh, why should we be been out of shape when we have the God of our salvation who chose us before the foundation of the world? You're worthy of all the praise, honor, and glory that is due your name. So as we uh, go through this uh, message this morning, Lord, I just pray that we will um, uh, all be on the same page as we look at this whole idea of an, the analogy of joy as we put it on the examining table and see what it all involves. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen. Amen. Well, as we come to this whole idea of uh, the analogy of, of joy, we come to some verses that um, have been preached over and over again. Say, oh, I know we heard that. Well, let's go back through it one more time. The Lord says, I am the true vine. I like that word true, which means there's nobody else like me. And my father is the vine dresser. My father is, present perfect tense, the vine dresser. So I, just, I said, I want you guys to keep that clear. He said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. You see this word? We'll come back to it. He takes away. And then every branch that does not bear fruit, he what? prunes it, that it may bear more fruit. There's the taking and there's a pruning. There's a difference between the two. Then we go on even better. It says, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides, epimeno, abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. How many times, you know, it would be good, this kind of circle, all of the abides, abides. A lot of times things are not happening because you are not abiding in him. You've been out of shape because you're not abiding in him. Because, you see, he gives you perfect peace whose mind has stayed on you. So it's important that we abide in him. Because life is always like a stone going back and forth. But see, if you're standing on a rock and the winds blow and the flood comes, long after you're still standing. But those who are standing on sand, shifting sand, they're wiped away by it. And they think that taking drugs and all these other things will do it. Even suicide doesn't change their situation. God has your situation well in hand. Well, as we uh, go through this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Well, apart from me, you can do nothing. Then there's a thing about abiding, about this productivity in abiding. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. 
if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. A lot of folks take this out of context. They just, they just read this one word right here and, 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 write, and wrote their own Bible. Okay? Uh, name it and claim it. Because no, you have to abide it first. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So as we begin to break, uh, break through this and look at what needs to be said here, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. He lays it all out here. That's why I want to get all the verses on, on here. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be what? Full. Your cup runneth over. I think about the psalm says, my cup runneth over. When God's joy is in you, his, your cup will run over. But all goes, this whole idea of joy, in history, the first time you see the word joy, all these other things, here are things you need to do to get down to this joy that may be full. And so we go further. Thinking it through. There's a vast difference between joy and happiness. Are we on the same page? When we talk about happiness, then it is an emotional experience that's limited by time, opportunity, and circumstances. Uh, you're happy when someone um, gives you a raise. You're happy when uh, things are going well. Your health is good and, and uh, you don't owe anybody. You're happy when everybody recognizes you and everything else. That, that's when you're happy. What happens when folks don't like you, your rent is due, and, and everything else is up there? Hey, listen, are you still happy? The Lord says, I want you to know that that's based on the happenings, what's happening on the outside. But then you have joy. The joy of the Lord. Uh, now, this type of joy, it is the spiritual state that is invincible to all external circumstances. Let's read that together. It is the spiritual state that is invincible to all external circumstances. When I have joy, then the Lord is saying, here's where you belong. If you've been out of shape. If you can't hardly get your act together and everything else, God says, well, get where you belong. You get under my wings and watch what happens when you get under my wings. Watch what, what, watch what happens when I begin to take you under and protect you. It's almost like it's raining outside and you decide to go inside the building. Well, now you can go and look out the window and see everything in the winds. But they say, boy, it's raining outside, but you're not getting wet because you're on the inside. Looking on the outside. And a lot of folks out there that do not know Jesus Christ, they're on the outside trying to find an inside to get to. The Lord says, I want you to keep your eye on me. I'm that person. That's where the real joy comes from, that perfect joy. So we move on then. Embracing the concept. Between verses 111, 1 to 11, a picture of a sandwich is formed. I'm using Brad's a little statement there about sandwich. And so uh, the first thing, uh, verse 1, it revealed the planners of an awesome principle and plan. Then you have verse 10 reveals the process in achieving favorable results. Then verse 11 reveals the purpose 
an outcome of staying with the plan. Now, I say all of this because, and I'm not in a rush to finish this, but the whole idea is this. If we understand that it is like a sandwich, it starts off with the individuals who's putting it together. Who's putting it together? God the Father, God the Son. Then in between verse 2 to, uh, to 10, then it reveals what all is involved. They haven't got the joy yet. What's all that involved with God the Father, God the Son, connecting with us. If you do all of these things, then chapter 11 says the bottom of the sandwich, and it makes a nice little sandwich there, a spiritual sandwich, is that the joy of the Lord will be in your life. That's so important. Amen? Amen. Amen lights. Okay. Then we move right on. We, as we move then uh, to this, we, let's, let's clarify in our thoughts for this morning. And so, of course, we want to put it into an outline form. The joy of the Lord is reserved for the one of a kind. Those who believe and have put their faith and trust in Christ, committing themselves to obey the word of God. There's no one else I know that has or can be availed to the joy of the Lord. And if you know Jesus Christ, that's why I say you're special, you're one of a kind, and you're chosen. Because you see, you, you have, all you have to do is unpackage it, okay? Uh, so don't let things put you down where you cannot have joy in the Lord. I might not uh, refer to this verse, but I've said it before in Romans, I think it's eight, about the um, Macedonians who were dirt poor. But it says, and their joy in their tribulation. How can you have joy in tribulation? Joy being dirt poor. But they had joy in the Lord because it worked from the inside out. The time that you should really start being disturbed when you don't have anything on the inside to be displayed on the outside. And so God is, there they have a song that says, working on the inside, you know, uh, outside. And so that whole idea of working on the inside and showing the outside with the Lord in your life. So, I'll outline, let us consider several steps in obtaining a consistent state of joy in our life. The first one is, let's read it together, what is it? Who is the provider of your joy? Your employer? <laughs> your, your husband, your wife, your children? Who's your provider? You better make sure that they have a... a uh, a deep well to provide you with. Uh, why don't you play it safe? Let your Lord, let the Lord be your provider. And you never, why? Because he will be, he will be providing for us throughout all eternity. So this, this little speck of time we're going through now, God says, I can give you joy if you want it. Now, if you don't want it, you're going to walk out of here with your lip down like a baby bear. Do you think I'm going to feel sorry for you? No, I'm not. Why? Because the Bible says, rejoice in the Lord what? Again, I say, if you choose not to rejoice in the Lord always, that's disobedience. Are you hearing me? Because it said, didn't say try to rejoice in the Lord always. It says rejoice in the Lord always. Then I, I need to, good, God is good to, in training you to get that way. But he wants us to know that whatever comes our way, there should be joy in our lives. Joy in our lives. Consider the process. And so that will be the uh, next area and then consider the plan and then consider the provision the provider the process the plan the provision before we can get to 11 oops let me go back here I'll, I'll accidentally click that 
back there. Okay, before we can get to uh, 11 here, the only way that we can do that is to follow the plan. Understand who our provider is. Then the process, stay with the plan, and then you'll see what the provisions are. So let's, let's go through it. Consider the provider. When we, we go with that, we, of course, we go with the verses again to kind of dwell it, uh, just, just draw it into you here. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. And for the purpose of productivity, there are two divine entities who are diligently establishing and maintaining our lives. Declare the source. Jesus, our Savior, is divine. Then diligent maintainer, God our Father, is divine dresser. I trust these are the two. The Lord says, I'm the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. You have to see when you see a vine uh, or orchard uh, or vine garden or whatever they call it, you, you'll see that they're up and lifted up off the ground and everything else. And all of them are well manicured and kept. It's not by accident. One person goes, there's a person going along, and when, the, when there's something that needs to be clipped, he'll clip it. If another, he's clipping all the time, but some he clip forever. It takes away, and others he clip for more growth. And there's some things happening in your life, and God is clipping you uh, for more growth. He's not trying to kill you. <laughs> God does not have to go through all of this to kill you. He just won't, he just, uh, won't permit you to wake up in the morning, okay? Or give you a brain amorism. God, God is not uh, bound by uh, time and space. And the reason you're here, every one of you here, you're here for a purpose. And while you're here, God is saying, I'm planning in your life joy, real joy. So Philippians 1.6, and I am sure this, that who, he who begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, God planted this thing in you, and he's going to make sure it happens. Philippians 2.13, for it is God who, is work, who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Some pastors of scripture say here, to will and to do. It means the same thing. God is at work in you, so he's going to make sure it happens, and then he's going to give you the want to to do it. You start worrying when you don't even have the want to. When it comes down to God's word. Amen. We, we go on then. Lesson number one. Real joy is understanding and embracing the, true, uh, the truth about God, the Father, and Christ, the Son. When I embrace God, the Father, and the Son, I'm well on the way to having what real joy is. Real joy is not parties. That's limited. Real joy is not promotions. Real joy is not all of these things that make you feel good. Real joy is the person who is making that happen to you and developing it in you and will forever, forever abide in you. I was um, looking at the uh, Anchorage uh, program and uh, John Anchorage program and uh, they were talking about revelation and then they were talking about what happened after the tribulation and after those uh, uh, come, coming out of the tribulation and, and he began to uh, focus all the way into the future and all the things that's, that's, um, that would be provided for us. And he says, and I'm limited. And as he talked, I said, wow, all of these things for us. Uh, you don't have to worry about it happening. It's going to happen. God planned it just like he planned to have you in his family. 
every one of you. And that should bring inner joy in your life. Work on it. Develop it. Consider the process, verse 2 and 3. When we talk about consider the process, then, we, we see this. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Question, why is pruning necessary? To eliminate the hindrances in our lives. There are some people that the Lord had to take out of my life because if not, um, they would have made me, it could have caused me to come to a complete stop. The Lord permits, he take people, people that you say, Lord, that's, that's a good person. God, nope, not for you. Not for what I have for your life. I'm taking them out. I love them. I'm taking them out of your life. I'm pruning your life. And when I begin to prune, these are the things that happens in your life. Next, it ensures an acceptable outcome. When the Lord does the pruning in your life, there, there is, it is an acceptable outcome that God says, that's good. It's not when everybody else says, you look good, you did a good job. And all. No, no, no. When God says, that's good. When you hear God says, well done, my good and perfect servant, uh, 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 servant, then now you're talking about someone who has been doing things according to God's will. To protect us from unnecessary entities that will hinder us, even obstruct our growth. So we see eliminate, assures, protect us from all unnecessary entities that will hinder us, even obstruct our growth. While we're here, until we get to glory, God wants us to keep growing. The more we grow, the more we know him. The more we know him, the stronger we become. The more obedient we become. The more effective he, we will become. The, me the measure of our growth, when you start feeling like, I don't feel like there's something happening, there's a disease there that we need to clean up. Because growth, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. That's what the Lord wants to see happen in our lives. To help us to avoid strongholds that will draw, to draw, drain, and keep us out of the fellowship with Christ. Remember what I mentioned last time when I was talking to you that uh, Satan doesn't want to kill you. He wants you to keep living. And if, you, if he can get you to start living a defeated life, do you know how many people you would affect living a defeated life after you said you accepted Jesus Christ? And you were saying, you know, uh, that I, I'm a new man in Christ. And now, because you are walking lackadaisical behind the Lord, and the world says, if that's what a Christian is like, I don't want any part of it. There are some folks that don't even want to step foot in the church because of what they see other individuals. And what happens? They saw a lot of folks who never experienced the joy of the Lord. That's why we're responsible for nurturing it. God will provide it, but he wants us to keep nurturing the joy of the Lord in our lives. Let's keep it simple. If you bear fruit, you will be skillfully, and, uh, skillfully pruned for more productivity. If you're not bearing fruit, you will be detached. I try to use a, a, a I don't want to use cut and chopped. I just used, it means the same way. You'll be detached from the vine. 
which is what is important. There's something about the vine. When you attach to the vine, you're productive. When you take it away from the vine, it's all over. Now, please don't confuse this with salvation. Once you're saved, you're always saved. Okay? But there's a lot of saints the Lord says, it's over. You're not doing a thing. I'm taking you right out of here right now before you start affecting other folks. Ananias and Sapphira, God says, I'm taking you out of here right now. Uh, it's, I, I don't want you to be infecting other people's lives. And so God wants us. So if God is pruning you, the first thing, pruning, pruning hurts. It's, he's not massaging you, folks. He's pruning you, okay? See, I, I seem like I can't take anymore. He's pruning you, Okay? Uh, he'll he'll do all the other things. He'll he'll is uh, is the moment that you start growing, you'll start seeing the benefit of it. But there's sometimes you'll look back and say, Lord, I'm so glad you took me out of that, that group of folks. Or Lord, I'm so glad that you took this out of my life. And Lord, I'm so glad. And the Lord says, It was my pleasure. Because you see, I'll be glad when you be, reach your potential when you come before me. That's why the word precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saint. Because God is at work in you both to, both to will and to do his good pleasure. Amen. Lesson two. For the purpose of productivity, real joy must undergo what? Pruning through the pruning process. You must undergo the pruning process. Real joy. Anyone that says I have real joy and you've never been through any pruning, uh, no, no. You have to show me the burden of proof because there's no way that can happen with believers. Okay? Uh, because you see, when you have real joy, when things go wrong, it doesn't mess up your joy. Okay? You could be like Paul and Silas with, after, after being beaten and everything else, tossed into the prison, and they're singing in the prison house. With, with stripes, and, and this prison was, they didn't have lights and all these other things, in a dark, dingy, rat-infested uh, prison, and they're singing to God, no. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And I mean, here, here they are in that prison singing the song. God has given us a song. Don't let Satan take your song. Amen? Well, we we'll go on then. Consider the plan. We come now to the whole idea of the plan, verses 4 through 6. As we look at the plan then, uh, again we come with the verse, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branches cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in my vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So, so the whole idea is abiding. Just because, you know, in this uh, found this to be so. Just because, and I think about other pastors, just because you have a large congregation does not mean you are abiding in him. Because you don't know why everybody want to hang out with you. See, my concern is that you abide in him, and as he add folks around your life, guess what? They'll start blessing you. The folks that God put in your life as believers, they're there for the intention of encouraging you as you encourage them. That's why, that's why we come to church. That's the whole purpose of the church. That's why we do not fail to meet together because, number one, not only to praise the Lord, but we can draw on one another through the hardships and through our difficulties. And when we don't like things, we have saints of God who come alongside and they're right there for us. And that all comes when we begin to abide in the vine. I am the vine, you are the branches. 
Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bear what type of fruit? Much fruit. Not one fruit, much fruit. For apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. In the years, in my years with Kilroy, I used to use this little thing to get a point over to the to the group, as Kilroy was saying that he's his own person, and uh, and I'll try to tell him, well, Kilroy, I'm in control of your life. Say so you don't, you're not in the control of me. And I said, well, Kilroy, listen, if I withdraw my hands, then you won't be able to do it. Then he said, well, then draw, withdraw your hands. You know, and I said, but Kilroy, just move your hand out of the way. And so I withdrew my hand, and all of a sudden his whole body slumped. And uh, the, the audience that was laughing all of a sudden became silent. And I said, okay, Kilroy, right now, go ahead. Move your head and folks know that you're in control of your life. Do something that says you're in control. And it was silence. I let, I let the silence linger. Then I said, now, I want you to understand something. I control you just like God controls you and me. And apart from him, we can do what? And not based on how smart you are or what your plan is, Apart from him, you can do nothing that will give God the glory, that will add anything to his family, nothing. It will be burned up as chaff when the Lord comes for the saints. You can do nothing. So with Gilroy, then I said, okay, I'm going to put my hands back. When I, put, when I put a hand back, I expect you to obey me. And when I put my hand back, he slowly came back to, oh, ah. Uh, uh, I said, do you have anything to say? He said, yes, sir. I said, what's that? Please don't remove your hands from me again. You know? Sometimes God has to take us through that, doesn't he? We think because all the things that God blessed us with, we're somebody. And somebody actually told you you were somebody. Even, see, even sent you a letter, tweet you, or or put a little message on Facebook to you. And all of these areas, they, they say, you're so wonderful. And it gets so built up in who you are. God says, no, 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 no. I'm at work in you both to will and to do my good pleasure. But you're doing your own thing and you expect to have joy. You're trying to get joy from what people say. The same people are going to turn around and talk about you. I'll never talk about you. I'll never explain or share the secret things that we talk about in those moments. I'm the one who gives joy. Apart from me, you can do nothing and so a lot of believers have hit the wall they feel so drained and we have to take them back to the to the uh, drawing board to see here's how it works when you work the plan and then the, then we see there are several dynamics that characterize uh, characterize abiding ready speak back to me so you stay awake ready first one abiding is a choice second one Next one. The next one. Abiding is essential for a deep and intimate fellowship with the Lord. The next one. Abiding is a lifetime decision and act. The next one. Abiding will activate the promise of, the of productivity. Uh, let me get this back. Let me get this back for you because some of you are trying to copy it. So here we see this. Abiding is a choice. Nobody accidentally abide in Christ. It's a choice. 
that's why we're made in the image of God, because we have choice. You can say yes to God, or you can say no. You can tell him, I'm not going to do it. You, guess what? You will not hear any uh, thundering or lightning. Or, uh, the sky will not go dark. It's your choice. You cannot control the consequences, but it's your choice. You don't want to abide in the Lord, then, then you have to ensure everything you do. You abide in the Lord, he got your back. Everybody with me? It's so important that that is that's so important, the choice. Then this commitment, he expects you to be consistent at it. Not just coming on a Sunday. What about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? What about seven days a week he wants us to do this? Seven days a week. Abiding is a the, the predetermined condition. You make up your mind ahead of time to abide. Abiding is essential for a deep and intimate fellowship with the Lord. There are times, it hasn't happened yet, there are times when nobody knows, like they say, the trouble I, I've seen. Nobody knows but Jesus. And when you abide in him, he's there to, to soothe your heart and to strengthen you in that area. You see, abiding is a... Um, uh, a, a lifetime decision and act and abiding will activate and promise the promise of productivity. Well, I, I made out these lists because uh, this kind of drive it home, just, just using the word joy is one thing to break out what that means. So then when we talk about the benefits of abiding, first what it takes to abide. Now let's look at some of the benefits of abiding. Are you ready? Here we go. Number one, peace of mind. Peace of mind. When I abide in the Lord, I have peace of mind. Do you have peace of mind this morning? If you don't have peace of mind, the one question I'll ask, the one word, why? Why don't you have peace of mind when God is available to be your source? Why don't you have peace of mind? Maybe it's because where you're standing and where you're looking. Maybe you're standing and looking this way when you should be over here and looking this way. A lot of times it's where, what direction you're looking. Uh, so it's so important about that. The next thing is, then say that to me, keep you awake, ready? Hope. The, the next thing you have when you abide in him is that if you don't see it now, then hope takes over and say, hold on, <laughs> we're going to get you there. That a lot of times you don't see it right now. I don't understand it right now. And the Lord said, that's why I give you hope. The substance of, of things hoped for and evidence of what? Okay. It goes on. Direction. After that, we talk about strength and power in the inner man. Satisfaction. Wisdom. I just can't begin to lay these things out. Peace of mind. Hope. Direction, strength, and power in the inner man, satisfaction, wisdom, which is so important. A new perspective on life. That's what, uh, all this happened, you got to be under the umbrella for this now. These are not those who stand outside the umbrella. Access to the throne of grace, praise the Lord. You know what the Lord says, when you come to the throne, he says, don't come like you are a slave with your head down. Oh, Jesus, I come into your presence. The Lord said, no, approach my throne boldly. Didn't, didn't the word say that? Approach the throne boldly 
Why? Because we're made in the image of God. We're one of a kind. And guess what? He's at work in you both the will and to do his good pleasure. And he will accomplish this until he takes you home. God says, approach me boldly. That's one of the benefits of that peace of mind, hope, direction, strength, and power in the inner man. Satisfaction, wisdom, <coughs> excuse me, a new perspective on life, access to the throne of grace, music. You begin to sing to the Lord. Other folks might not like the way you sing, but the Lord loves everything you say. Just go on the track, go on to your room, and like you go and pray. Go and close your closet and, and sing. It's because it really is between you and the Lord. That's why Galatians talk about singing and making melody in your heart. Oh, when a, when a believer loses their song, then you know that they have lost their joy. Because when a believer has a song and they have a joy, it makes a difference. It affects others. Remember when, when Moses came down from the mountain, his, his face was glowing? He, he had been with the Lord. And the folks said, put a cover over your face. <laughs> We're scared. Why? It's, it's, Moses scared them. He was with the Lord. He walked with the Lord. And all the other individuals who had the joy of the Lord, whether it was a Daniel who was going to be tossed into the, uh, with the lions, or whether the Hebrew boys who were going to be tossed into the fire, each one in the individuals had their song as they go into their circumstances. That's the benefits of abiding. Each one of them abide in the Lord. Abide in the Lord. That is so important. Lesson three then. Real joy is connected to our choice to abide in Christ, which will create a condition and the condition will form a pattern that will greatly affect our will and intellect and emotions and actions. Observation. At this point, I'm sure that we have come to the conclusion that real joy is not determined by what we have in our hands, but we are, what we are holding in our heart. So then, if you want joy, if you want real joy, that's why they had the song, let Jesus come into your heart. Your, your sins he'll wash away. Your night, your night he'll turn to day. And your life he'll make over anew. If you want joy, real joy, let Jesus come into your heart. There's a lot of folks who believe in Jesus Christ, who accepted him as Savior, but they still have unpacked what's in, in the whole package of salvation. They still have not experienced the joy of the Lord. My, my uh, desire is that each one of us will experience the joy of the Lord. You've been very patient. As we uh, move to the last thing, consider the provision. Verse 7 through 11. Now, notice what it says about the provision. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, and some say, since you abide in me and my words abide in you, and you ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Now, the Lord is quite confident that you will not ask for anything crazy because by this time you already know him. So then when you ask for something, the Lord says, no problem. I agree with what you want because you see we've been hanging out all this time you're not going to ask for something that is inconsistent with who I am you're not going to be selfish when I am unselfish 
You begin to take on my nature. So you can ask. Go, go ahead and ask whatever you will. And guess what? I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Spiritually, the physical, spiritual, the Lord says, he, did you notice it didn't say, I'll give you spiritual things? Did he say anything like that? Whatever you what? Wish. Whatever you what? Wish. It will be what? The Lord is saying that. That's the promise. Don't blame God if you haven't done your homework to receive the promise. A lot of folks are disappointed with God, but they haven't done their homework. They're in the wrong position. And so the results of it, they don't have joy. I want you to have real joy. And the biggest problem is not the world. The biggest problem is not Satan. The biggest problem right now is ourselves and making that decision. By this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. He goes on to say, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. See the comparison there? This is what I did with the father. This is what you need to do. You need to keep just like I kept. Okay, if you're hanging out with me. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Full joy demands complete control. Full, full joy. And so I had this little list here. Following Christ's plan will cause five things to happen. The first one, compatibility. What is it? Abiding will produce a favorable outcome, answered prayer. When, when, you, when you abide in him, the, next, the first thing you find is that you are compatible. Remember what, what the scripture says, how can two walk together except they what? Agree. So it's important that you are compatible. That's what friends are, compatible. When you're a friend of Jesus, you're compatible. You're doing what he tells you to do. And that's such a blessing, such a real joy. And so uh, following Christ's plan will cause five things to happen, compatibility. The next thing, what is it? Confirmation. God will be glorified at it, uh, and it will validate our position as disciples, followers of Christ. You have compatibility. You have confirmation. So folks said, I want to be a disciple of Christ, you know, a follower of Christ. What do I have to do? Abide. What do I have to say? Abide. All you have to do, abide in him, and you'll confirm. And, and, and the, so this, it's so important for that to happen. And God will be glorified. Then contrast. Look at, look at verse 9. What verse 9 says, God's love will be duplicated by Christ in our lives. The contrast. As my father loved me, so will I love you. The whole idea is that duplication that would take place. He says, all of this now takes place now as we begin to look at what joy does. See, when we first start off, we say joy and our mind goes all over the place. But when we start sewing everything together, all of a sudden, when you see joy begin to knit together, you'll find that joy requires God the Father, God the Son, being the divine, and then divine dresser, and then here's the plan, here's what you have to do in order for it to happen. 
And see, and so, and then here's the provision. And so now we, we find something else. Number 10, condition. The condition. Keeping, obeying, abiding in Christ's love are inseparable because it reflects a model, modeled relationship between the Father and Son. Then here comes verse 11, the cause and effect. Let's read together. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be fear. Wow. We pause for station identification. He says, these things I've said to you. He says, here's the first thing I want to do. Phase one. I want to put my joy in you. Walking with the joy of the Lord. He says, I want to pour it in you. That whether you're here, whether you're at home, you'll always have a song. You'll always be encouraged. You'll always have hope. You always have stability. And guess when you're a person like that, do you know that you'll draw those who are, you begin to draw, people start wondering, you know, why are you always, seem like you've never been out of shape. Are you image managing? No. God is managing my life. And God wants to manage our lives. He wants you to have joy. If he can do it with just the people in this room, I can imagine like the coronavirus, all the people you'll start infecting. See, this be a coronavirus Christian. All the people that you start infecting by your joy. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and do what? Glorify your Father in heaven. Then something else. Full joy demands a complete commitment. A complete commitment. Christ's joy will, uh, joy will uh, uh, given in our Oh boy, I messed that up. Our joy will be full. Christ's joy given, our joy will be filled. I guess you got the idea. I'll tell you, the devil made me do it, but no, I'm not going to say that. But the whole idea is this, is that when Christ comes and pours his joy into you, that's why, that's why we're called vessels. He pours into the vessels of your life. And when he pours that vessel into that vessel, your joy will be full. And they, they had a song, I said I wasn't going to tell nobody, but I can't keep it to myself. I, I know all these other say, what, what song was that? Well, forgive me for my, for my good old days. But I mean, they had that song. Uh, I said I wasn't going to tell nobody, but I just couldn't keep it to myself. And that, uh, my, 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 my prayer this morning, oh God, give us a joy that we just can't keep it to ourselves. Help us to be like that woman whom Jesus told you have five husbands. She ran down to the town and said, come and see. See, there's a, what that man have done for me. And that whole town showed up. Why? She just couldn't keep it to herself. Every time he healed it, and mostly every time he healed somebody, and the Lord said, don't tell anybody. You know, go this way and don't tell anybody. And guess what? They went and told it anyhow. I don't think Jesus was angry about that because he knew what they were going to do. The, the, the shepherds, after they left uh, seeing the, uh, the uh, Christ child, they ran and they told and they witnessed. Joy makes you just can't hold joy in. It'll get you bubbling. When you get depressed, it keeps you down and pulls you away. 
When you have joy, it gets you bubbling and exposed to others. My my real desire this morning that you grab hold of what God has already given you. Unpack it. The joy. Jesus says, but that won't happen. If you don't understand, I'm the vine. My father's the vine dresser. You don't understand that the verses I gave you, if you don't exercise that, suffer in silence. That's what I tell my children when I, when I whip them. Suffer. I don't want to. Don't you cry. Suffer in silence. You deliberately obeyed me. Suffer in silence. They go, mm-hmm. Suffer in silence. In silence. But if you are hearing my voice, God is saying, I want to give you that joy. No one else can give you the joy that only God can give. Amen. So you've been very patient here. This verse reveals the spiritual activity that will affect the mental, emotional, and physical dynamics of our lives. And so as we look at this, we see God's promises. We see the plan and, and the structure and everything else. Then why is it that we don't have joy? Will this person get on my last nerve? Excuse me? The person gets on your last nerve? You mean you haven't forgiven them yet? You violated another scripture. Quit violating scripture and obey the Lord. But I'm only human. There you, you violated again. My goodness. And so... As we uh, as we just come to a close here, our last thing, you've been very patient. And, and that is, remember that joy and victory in the Lord is not automatic. But it is available to all of us who have trusted Christ as Savior. Seize the moment by obtaining the joy of the Lord. Start by abiding and obeying the word of God. The moment that you do that. You find people coming who want to lean on your shoulder when they have gone through their storms, when they have gone through their heartaches. They need someone to bring some light into their lives. And those of you that God have given joy through Jesus Christ, you have that to share with them. Because you have peace, you have power, you have a sense of presence. Well, it's the same, you know, the preacher always said, one more thing. Well, I don't have one, any other thing. I wrap it up. I think I talked to you enough. I think you heard what you want to hear. You know my concern? My concern is what will you apply based on what you heard? Because what you heard today is going to not only affect your day, it will be revealed in your tomorrow. If you don't trust God right now, if, you're not, if, if you don't want the joy of the Lord in your li- life right now, then guess what? Your t- don't expect your tomorrow to be bright and easy. Our opportunities is today. It's always today. And as we close in prayer, if somehow this week have kind of put a cover over your joy and you haven't been exercising it as you should, I would like to pray for you. Why don't you stand with me? Will you just say, no, I, I, just, I, just, uh, I don't want to get into your business. I just want, to, I just want you to have joy. <laughs> uh, each one of us, even, even Don Rackett, I'm, just, I'm not talking down to you. I'm talking about all of us. I'm talking to Don Rackett. It's a two-edged sword here. And sometimes we let circumstances and situations and all of that take away from who we are. And we, can't, we, we are not able to really rejoice in who we are. And you are special. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for the dear hearts. 
that are standing and those who might desire to stand, I, I pray for them. I pray, Lord, that they will unpackage the joy, providing, Lord, they follow the prescription there. As we look at John, as you follow the uh, prescription there of individuals who understand who you are, individuals knowing what it means to abide, how it glorifies the Father, and then, Lord, all the benefits. I'm just praying for each one this morning. Um, we're going to be challenged um, through the course of this week, probably through the course of this day. Someone might come along to try to push that button called the last nerve. And, Lord, instead of reacting, have the saints to respond or act with joy in, your li in their lives with a soft answer. Because we're more than our circumstances. We're more than conquerors through him that love us. Help us not to forget who we are and who we belong to. Be with the dear hearts who are willing to stand this morning. Strengthen them, Lord. Give them the joy of the Lord in their lives. Thank you for what you're going to do in and through their lives. Great is your faithfulness. For in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen. Amen.